Geekaholics! It's about that time again of the week. Welcome to episode 130 of the Deacon and Co. Show, The Reunion. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, today, helping us chat about some Met, big news and obviously everything going on in the world, and we're going to welcome back our buddy Brandon, Metallicast, and it's going to be uh, a fun conversation. I look forward to it in just a few minutes. Uh, but we got Saturday the 20th of May, 2023, and, uh, you know, as as the t episodes go by and everything flies and time flies and you can't hold back the hands of time, it's like thinking about things... Of coming on and talking about, you know, how precious life is and how everything, you know, uh, never take any day for granted or whatnot. The National Football League just had sad news of losing a legend. Jim Brown passed away uh, yesterday, uh, the 19th of May. I believe he was 87 years old, and uh, I mean Jim Brown. You don't have a you don't have a conversation about running backs of all time that that does not include Jim Brown, and you know for me, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, Gale Sayers, and that was you know those are the three um, you know best running backs of all time. There are so many else uh, out there that have added over the list of the years, but just they just didn't compare, and, uh, including LaDainian Tomlinson and, and including Curtis Martin and, and a couple others there that are on that list. But uh, just Jim Brown, real deal, and uh, I just rest in peace, man. It, it was definitely some sad news to hear that and whatnot. But um, let's dive right into this here because I know Brandon wants to get on and... Uh, I gotta, I gotta get the guest on properly, you know, uh, before uh, they just say, "Hey, listen, you talk too much on these recordings. I'm gonna hang up. You call me when <laughs> you're ready to do this." So, uh, Met news. Uh, well, uh, Brandon and I uh, will be discussing, I'm sure, the set list of what we got for for the first two shows. Um, uh, not so much the second show because the set list isn't up yet, but we will discuss that next week. Uh, I'm look, looking forward to see what's going to happen on, on the second uh, stop in Paris. Um, so that should be fun. And again, we'll discuss that next week. Uh, quick sports update. Well, the two things that really matter today, we got the uh, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes down 0-1 uh, in the series, uh, hosting the Panthers tonight. And I expect, the, I expect the Hurricanes to rebound, have a strong game today, and uh, make, you know... Uh, competitive series out of this. Florida's hot right now. Florida's a dangerous team, and Bobrovsky is on fire, and it's, it's, it's a good thing to see the Panthers, because they haven't been a good team in a very long time. Uh, on the western side of things, and what we're all waiting for here tonight uh, on my end, is Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals, the Denver Nuggets at the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is two teams that had not lost at home in the playoffs. Uh, let's see if the Lakers uh, continue to do this. So Denver, um, you know, uh, despite, uh, I want to say it was a blowout for the first half of game one, uh, came out um, 
you know, the Lakers came out, put up a fight in both games, had big leads, 15-point leads in the second game that they should have won, and it just got away at the end. But uh, I do expect the Lakers to rebound tonight and win. And again, at home, 7-0 this year, I feel really confident about that. Um, XFL Championship, uh, as we spoke about um, last week, it was it was a very, very uh, I guess you could say... Um, I don't know if you want to say scripted. Again, I hate using that. And then Brandon and I are going to talk about some of that stuff too. But the um, Arlington Renegades defeated the DC Defenders and they are crowned XFL champions. Um, very, very, very high spread um, money line wise and whatnot. And just put, you know, cover five bucks on a bet like that, you know, trying to get you back anywhere between $70, $75. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, big so xfl seasons in the books and that's it you know so moving on from there i wanted to just uh give a quick shout out to uh my buddy guy uh he's having a birthday next week uh so i wanted to make sure that i got that out there instead of doing it in advance because you know how these uh shows and whatnot are are running nowadays with everything colliding together episodes maybe not possibly being on the same week so guy in advance pal hope you have a great day man all right, that's out of the way, that's out of the way. All right, two more things, and then we can get Brandon on, so great. <laughs> um, just a quick update for uh, Metallica, uh, Metallica, for Crash Bandicoot and Mortal Kombat, uh, two games coming out, looking forward to them. One is coming out in June, the other one in September. The 30th anniversary already, Decaholics, for Mortal Kombat, can you believe it? And um, it, it's, it's crazy, that was you know my first game that I ever played, I really enjoyed it. And I still play it all the time. And the the you know rumors and whatnot of I've I've heard about this remake of this game is it's gonna just go back to the original uh twelve characters and then just you're gonna go into a different complete uh crazy chaotic story mode so i'm curious to see how it's gonna go or whatnot. And Crash Bash uh should be fun as well. There's you know, Crash Bandicoot he really is one of my absolute favorite characters of all time. So it's, you know, I, I've only had like one or two bad experiences of playing the games. Um, you typically games with Crash Bandicoot where you don't have the levels where you're collecting gems and crystals and whatnot. Um, seems to not really work out. So I'm kind of curious to see how this is going to work out with this game. But nuts. Last thing I wanted to bring up is that if you guys are ever in uh, sailing or whatnot, especially in Europe, coast of Spain... Um, just, just be on high alert that we now have orcas that are killing or attacking boats. I don't know as much as they're injuring people, but I, I mean, listen, they're very smart creatures. So unless they're just trying to wreak or rack some chaos and havoc, I, I think these guys just maybe potentially think that it's a fish or some type of threat to them. Uh, especially if no one else is getting harmed or whatnot. But six different incidences uh, where this has been noted and documented about the orcas and the uh, boats. So wanted to bring that up to you guys there. Um, now, let's see here. Last thing I wanted to bring up here before we get Brandon on is that... When you guys are turning around and following the Deacon and Co. Show on Deacon and Co. Show Instagram and Twitter pages, please make sure that you guys 
leave a, a positive feedback and a review. And uh, for any of the guests that come on the Deacon and Co. show, please make sure that you support them and uh, everything that they got going on. Simple regards for them taking the time out of their day to do this with me. And I know that you guys all appreciate it. So without further ado, though, this has been a long time coming. The reunion is here. So let's get Brandon on and hope you guys enjoy this. It's going to be fun. But I did forget to mention one thing. Uh, last week's episode uh, for 128, put out two for you last week, Deacoholics, uh, with uh, Brett Headbanger's draft. Uh, just wanted to say that uh, every time that him and I work together, the energy that we have and the, the um, conversation is just always great. And I forget to feed off of his energy, but very knowledgeable in the college football aspect of things, as you guys can see. And it's definitely fun to, you know, chat with him and whatnot. So I wanted to take the time to thank you again, uh, Brett, for coming on and doing that with me. So now I can stop joking around and horsing around here and we'll get Brandon on now. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Wow, it's been a very long time that we've got to hear the Joker entrance on the Deacon and Co. show, but that's now twice in two weeks here, so let's just get right into it while we're here today. Um, Brandon from Metallicast returning to the Deacon and Co. show. Brandon, what is going on? Yeah, what's up, Deacon, man? <laughs> well, I gotta say, that was one of our best entrances that we've had from guests in a long time. Everyone's like... Are we are we on? Like are we? Are we uh, oh hi hi you know. But what's up, pal? It's been a long time. Uh, a lot of crazy shit going on. But how are you? How's everything with you and your world? You know what? Things are good. It's been uh, you know a chaotic uh, few years with family and most recently buying a house and stuff. Anybody who's gone through that stuff knows what that can be like. So it's been chaotic, but it's all good stuff. And right now. I am uh, in the new house. I put a bar in my basement. <laughs> That's awesome. I am, I am sitting at the bar having a cold beer, and I know that we're about to talk about Metallica, so I have no complaints about life right now in this moment. <laughs> awesome, and of course, congrats on the house. It's definitely a huge Thank accomplishment. You. Now... We're here uh, because we know exactly how big this news is. And, of course, anybody who have not, has not come out from under that rock yet. Every single week, Brandon, I have to remind people that Metallica has a new album. So It's reminding. <laughs> it really, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know, man. You know, people need the reminding that there is still some, um, you know, uh, good music that is being produced, and it's very hard to say that nowadays. You know, we've had Megadeth come out with an album, Anthrax, all these other guys, but, dude, it, number two on the Billboard charts, there's nothing comparing to this. This is the best album since the Black Album is what I'm hearing. Why don't you tell us what your thoughts are on this? All right, well, first of all, when Metallica comes out with a new album, it's an event. And I recently, I was saw an interview like a month before the album came out. Uh, David Ellison, the former bassist of Megadeth, uh, did an interview and he compared the release of a new Metallica album to like a new iPhone release where like everybody takes notice, is like this big announcement, this, the hype machine gets behind it and it's just a big deal. And, uh, you know, the pro is everybody who's fans of the band is excited 
the con is is that everybody's a hater of the band goes behind the keyboard and starts tweeting about all their dumb opinions that nobody cares about you know so uh, absolutely but everybody, <laughs> but everybody is paying attention uh, every, when I say everybody I mean everybody who is a fan of metal hard rock and rock in general if, if you're into that style of music when Metallica releases an album you take notice there's no ignoring it uh, it's you know I, I I cannot think of another band 42 years into their career that you can say that about and have been able to say that about for their entire career there are bands that of course have longevity that you know have their moment in the sun and then maybe they have you know a rough patch of you know not commercially successful albums and then they come back and have success later on you know like Aerosmith for example right they went through a, a period where they're not selling albums very well and this and that or whatever then make come back and they're huge again and, but Metallica never really had that like they've been on top for like the last 30 plus years when you're looking at you know billboard charts and Grammy Awards and all these things that go into commercial success and then you have on top of that critical critical success it's just the best of both worlds and despite all the haters and despite all the naysayers there are millions of fans around the world who are excited for this moment and I think for the most part I think the word uh, behind the album has been pretty positive yeah, absolutely, and um, thanks for bringing that up about Aerosmith, too, because uh, as great as they are, you know, I would always consider this, and one day I'm going to do this, as, as them uh, being up there amongst the the top American rock bands of all time, and they are going on their, quote, farewell tour with the Black Crows opening up for them. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's unreal to see, you know, those guys both still out there doing it. And, you know, do we all want to see Steven Tyler scream into a microphone one last time? No, probably not, overseeing, you know, what else is going on out there. But if you have any respect for music, and I think that it's important that you get at least to see these guys, I mean... Power trip coming up, Brandon. That's something that's so huge, and um, r rumors of hearing that they're going to release single tickets or not. But I mean, the pairings for that, and, and Decaholics know how I feel about this. But you have the whole situation with Iron Maiden opening up for Guns N' Roses. Then you got the next night with ACDC opening up for Ozzy, and then Tool opening up with Metallica. Now, I wanted to bring this up because of the yeah. fact that, dude, I I don't like Tool. I have given them a chance. They're pretty fucked up. I'm not gonna lie. Like listening to their lyrics, they're messed up. Like, and and now you're gonna put those kind of fans in a festival setting with us. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big Tool fan. I respect them. They're great musicians. I've never gotten big into them. Um, you know, I I will say I think you know there is um, to me Tool's kind of like a Nine Inch Nails, where I feel like their appeal kind of crosses over the metal line into you know the people who are into progressive rock the people who are into like um art rock and they're they're also going to be there listening to the tool uh and, and of course there's going to be metal heads who like both bands so it's going to be metallica themselves have a pretty diverse audience so i think out of all the nights that's going to be the most diverse crowd if they have different uh, if they have different um you know audience members in attendance and not just the same folks for all three nights but uh 
uh, I expect there to be more diversity there for both those bands because of their. I, I think they. I think both bands kind of blur the lines a lot more than the others, and that's not a disrespect to the other acts. I love the other acts too, but I think they blur the lines a little bit more and have that crossover appeal. Yeah, I, I agree with you on a sense of that after listening to them and, and not, um, you know, I, I thought of so many different things to myself, um, you know, putting, uh, if you're talking about the biggest bangers festival of all time, I don't really know if, if Tool is going to be getting my vote to get in that, that top six right there. And then it also goes the same thing with Guns N' Roses. Great act. It's going to be a great show. Very great band, uh, you know, except for the shit they did in 93 in Montreal. But we'll just leave that for, you know, that, that bullshit. But, um, you know, these guys, like, I, how, how are you, how is Guns N' Roses being the headliner over Iron Maiden? Like, I don't get it. And another, you know, another snub from the Hall of Fame again. Well, GNR is a bigger band than I mean. I love both. But GNR is a bigger band. You know, you have Welcome to the... Appetite for Destruction is one of the biggest albums of all time. Top 10 uh, rock yeah. album of all time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Top 10, one of the best selling. It, it's amazing. Then you have, you know, all the other hits. November Rain, Don't Cry. I mean, the list goes on and on. Patience, you know. Uh, they definitely deserve that spot. Uh, not No knock against Iron Maiden. But GNR had that crossover appeal that Iron Maiden never really got. They've always been, you know one of the top metal bands of all time, but they've not really had that crossover appeal. I, th I think maybe that's one of the things holding them back to like, uh, getting to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But also, there's only so much you can put into that, you know? The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is... It is what it is. Everybody gets in at some point. You know, I'm not, it's... it's. I like that Metallica's in, and it, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It's a fun thing. It's nice for your favorite artists to get recognized. But at the end of the day... Nobody's listening to somebody because they're into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And nobody's not listening to somebody because they're not in. You know what I mean? That is probably one of the truest statements that anybody has ever come on the show and said about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, and I, I cannot agree with you more after saying that. But now... I, I don't know what... Do you define Guns N' Roses? I mean, there's no clear... There's no, you know, competition of who the bigger band is. Absolutely Guns N' Roses. Not That's not the question I have here. And rightfully so at any other show, I feel that. But are they really a head-banging band? All right. Well, I feel like, you know, you could make the same argument for ECDC. Like, they're, they're hard rock, but they're not really, like, true metal. I think the most oddballs on the lineup are Tool because they exist in my head a little bit outside of, you know, the 80s, which is kind of where the other bands, 70s, 80s, where the other bands sort of have their roots, you know. So they were more, you know, early, mid-90s and, you know, obviously compressing day two still. So I, I feel like, if anything, Tool's kind of the the outlier there in, in, in that lineup. Um, but... I think, you know, if you take into account metal and hard rock, yeah, GNR belongs. Or even Solo Ozzy, let's be honest. I, Black Sabbath invented heavy metal. Solo Ozzy can get heavy at times, but, I mean, you have my mom coming home and tons of ballads that fit right in with, you know, next to GNR's catalog. Yeah, I, yeah, I, um, you know, I just think like when you're when you're dealing with, I guess, with these, 
I guess, um, you know, festivals of who's signing up and they see this success. I think that has a lot to do with with Metallica and the records that they've broken over the last couple of years, especially a couple of years back when they were on the racetrack in Daytona and they were out in uh, Aftershock. I mean, they, they broke the records. So I can only imagine what this is going to be. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, the only way I would have gone out and bought tickets to like the three-day pass if they did not release single-day passes, which as of right now, they still haven't. Uh, to my knowledge, they, I could I could have somebody underground saying, I'll give you one of the nights. But just in case, Deacon and Co. Show at gmail.com, all right? But I would only go to see Metallica, obviously. But I, if, the, if the circumstances were that Iron Maiden and Metallica would share the uh, stage, um, that would be something that I don't think any of either of those fans should miss because it'll never happen again. I mean, it's a dream lineup, you know? Iron Maiden, uh, GNR... Um, Ozzy, I consider them three of my all-time favorites, and of course Metallica are my absolute favorites. Um, you know, I, I'm not big into Tool. I'm not the biggest ACDC fan, too, but I think it'd be cool to see both bands, but logistically, it just was not going to work for me going across country three days away from the family, and yada, yada, yada. It just, I, I cannot pull it off, and uh, uh, but for those who can, make it work logistically and financially. I mean, what a, what an experience that's going to be. It's going to be a trip. And, uh, I, you know, I guess the ticket prices were not even that crazy. I thought when no. I saw like the, for the base, like, for, I mean, there's tons of different packages of course, and they get pricey, but for like the base ticket for all three days, considering the lineup, considering it's for three days of music, I really did not think it was that expensive, but when you add in, you know, flight, hotel food now we're talking you know a, a pretty pricey paycheck at least when you're coming from across the country like i would be and, and you too yeah absolutely and you know what it is is like brandon to be honest with you like it's not um you know it's 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 going to be it's definitely one of one of a you know historical things remarkable things that if you get a chance to you know if the people got to go and see it but the thing is is that this the way that this is set up um the only benefit for you is for to drop two grand to be in the snake pit or to spend a thousand dollars to grab a seat because they have it set up the way that they did in Central Park for global citizens where everybody was in pig pens. So I'm in the yeah. ultra VIP, but meanwhile I'm nowhere near the stage. Yeah. You know, so that's something that everybody's also gotta keep in mind and you know um, you know, if it's worth it for you guys to sit in, in the back and do that, like, you know, sometimes I question of, of why people do things, like why even bother, you know, being somewhere or whatnot, or just to say I was there or whatnot, but this is definitely one of those things, and being that you, you've done so many cool things, and, and the first time that we had you on, it was one of the greatest uh, episodes that we ever had, so I gotta thank you for that one, not saying that the other ones were not. But that one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was tough to top that first one that you and I did, and uh, you know I thank you again too. And, but you, course, you, you had you, you have people that come on here that tell me all kinds of crazy stories. You got people that come on your show, Metallicast, that tell you all kinds of crazy stories. I never drooled at anybody's story except for when you told me that you were inducted or you were there when Metallica got inducted, rather, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So for me, I keep harping on this with Maiden because they're the second best band to me or second favorite in my eyes. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to miss that. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get in. It's only a matter of time, I think, you know. 
Uh, just recently, too, I, the Rock Hall CEO, I think it's his official title. I think <laughs> director, whatever whatever his title is. You know, even went on record saying, like, you know, they'll get in. It's, it's at some point. It's just a matter of when, I think, not if. It will happen. Um, you know, the, the Rock Hall now, too, I think always happened, especially in recent years, you know, really try to go for a very diversified lineup for better or for worse. So you're always going to kind of get like, you know, a couple rock bands, somebody more rooted in hip hop, somebody more rooted in country. Um, and of course people have a problem with that, but I personally could care less. Um, but you know, I think that also hurts against the two. They're not going to have like, even though it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think Gone are the days where they're going to have like three major rock artists come in. Plus, you have to also think about like, all right, there's only so many heavy hitters you can have in one year. But you kind of want to spread it out. Like, okay, you gotta, you, we have a couple of A-listers. We have a, have a couple of B-level. Throw in a C-level. It's well-rounded. We can't have five A-level, you know, uh, honorees this year we got to spread it out to future years too you know part of it's just marketing and branding and yada 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 yeah, absolutely. And and it makes sense now, you know, you know, especially too when you when you're coming into, you know, this type of world and learning about all these great things that go on and, you know, everything else like I have done, you know, and you have done for all these years. It's like sitting there and you and you finally come to a realization. It's like, wow, like you can actually turn on your computer right now, make a bunch of bullshit beats and they call that music. Yeah. And they'll let you in, and you now you are a king, and you have your own shrine like you're Elvis. <laughs> and that and that's the difference, you know. And it's like I don't care if if country music gets in, or you know, um, other genres of music that are actually making music. And and I love Eminem, I really do. And I love all the people that have gotten in that are rappers. I just like you said, you can't have all these a liners all at once, but. Listen, I need before before one of these guys die, please get Iron Maiden in there so I can see it. <laughs> I think it will happen sooner than later. I think it'll I'm gonna predict in the next five years. Well, we're gonna hold you to that definitely, buddy. <laughs> but I watch all of them, so like I know probably most people don't. I you know, I obviously I've recorded uh, you know, because they don't give it to you live. They put it on like HBO or they'll sure, stream yeah. it, yeah, some whatever way. Um, so I usually catch it when it comes out, and you know, I just want everyone to know, and I'm calling it now. Just make sure you look for me, cause I'll fucking be there. <laughs> like I'll be the full like sign and everything. Like hi guys, you know, like whatever you need me well, to show, but I'll be there. Right. I feel like the last few years who they've done it in New York, I think, too, right? So No, they had a couple in Brooklyn, and then I think they yeah. moved to Cleveland for one and, and L.A. for another, yeah. but hopefully come back to New York, you know, like so it yeah. doesn't really have to be too far to travel. When I went to Metallica, that was in Cleveland. Let me tell you, you'll be lucky if you do not go to Cleveland. <laughs> there's, there's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's the house from A Christmas Story, the movie. And that's about it. There's nothing else to do there. So if you're looking to make a weekend of it, you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we just stand on what you can do. <laughs> we d during the. Sorry, anybody listening from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> we we gotta get, we gotta just let everyone know that we're sorry for the Clevelanders. All right. <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, we just went for the first time, and we, we were done in, like, six hours. I mean, it was cool that we got to walk around and see, like, all the stadiums were, like, super close, but, like, they just looked yeah. like regular buildings to me. Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I went to the Rockwell Hall of Fame induction, that was my first time in Cleveland. Um, I went with my wife, who I think we were just dating at the time. But um, we went together. You know, we went in on, like, uh, a Friday... The induction, I think, was on Saturday. So we were there, like, a day early. And, I mean, we were, like, maybe we were just in the wrong part of town, but we walked out of our hotel, which was, like, downtown. It's just all, like, office buildings. Yeah, that's it. That's real. That's like, really it. And we're, like, we just want to, like, get a bite. We want to get a drink. We just, like, wandered. And there's not, like, a lot of bars or anything to go. There's no, like, life there. We ended up going to, like, a random hard rock cafe and then they closed early and kicked us out because metallica was having a private party there and they wouldn't let me stay (laughs) uh, but that was like the only show in town that i in our area anyways and then uh you know the next day we wake up and you know we have our morning or whatever then it's like uh you know we just want to grab a quick lunch before we check out the museum and stuff and we're like so we we walk out of our hotel, we're like, there's nothing around here. So we go back into the hotel, and we ask, is there, like, a place where you can just grab, like, a slice of pizza? They're like, oh, yeah, definitely, you know, just walk, like, you know, walk down, take a laugh, whatever. All right. So we go, <laughs> dude, it's a fucking Domino's. That's not like a slice of pizza. You know? So it's like, now our choices are Domino's or Subway, and it's just like, all right, let's just choose one of the one of these shitty foods and be on with their day. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, definitely not definitely not a good experience down there, and it was just, it was... Uh, the museum's great, though, and of course the induction was oh. a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, yeah, I, but, uh, I, I cry now every time I watch it. <laughs> it, was, it was just unreal, you know? Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, crazy. Brandon, that's going to bring us down here now uh, into our, uh, I guess... It's a new segment for you since this is uh, a new time that you're on since the latest old time that we updated the script of the show. So it's called Hot Take. Everybody's talking about how 72 seasons, and I've not heard one person say anything bad about this album uh, at all. Um, You've been saying off Twitter then. Yeah. <laughs> I've been no, I've been I've been hearing some people that that just refuse to give it a chance, and those people yeah. are just ignorant. And and you can say, oh, well, yeah, well, this is, you know, this is the pre-post-Black Album Metallica, like, well, you know, this is a compilation of their career, in my opinion, but I didn't really care so much in the beginning until I saw these songs live off of Hardwired, but in your opinion here, what is the better album here, Hardwired to Self-Destruct or 72 Seasons, their most recent two albums? 72 Seasons. And and I mean it's for me it's the same thing too. But what in your opinion what what is the difference between the two? Like why is this? I mean this is night and day. I, yeah. I think this I is mean, like I, blown away. When Hardwired to Self Destruct came out, I fell in love with that album. I I mean I still love that album. I think there's so many great songs on there. And for me that album was just a such a great mix of everything they did before and do really well as a band like you had um you know songs like hardwired and spit out the bone which harken back to like the thrash of the 80s you had 
moments that sounded like, you know, the Black Album. You had the groove of like Load and Reload. And it just sort of was all put in a blender. And uh, there's so many great songs, I think, off of Hardwired. A um, couple of the deep cuts on that album I really love, too. But then 72 Seasons comes out, and it's just... There's an energy to this record that they've not had... I, I guess they didn't realize they didn't... Like, something was missing until I heard 72 Seasons, because there's an energy to this record that they've not had in a while. I'm not sure that they've really have had truthfully on an album since kill them all. And it's because they took the live energy and they've captured it on record perfectly, perhaps for the first time in 42 years. And you add on to that, that the, there's not one skippable song on the album, my opinion. And it's just each song is it's not as varied as hardwired or other metallic albums it does not need to be it's just ferocious it just beats you over the head for 77 minutes and it's just great songs great playing great lyrics it, the best way i can sum up the album is if you take the energy of kill em all the groove of load and reload and you mix it with the ferocity and lyrical vulnerability of St. Anger, and you, there you go. There are 72 seasons. That, I, I gotta say, Decaholics, is um, the reason why, all right, that we are having these people and guests and friends <laughs> come on the show, because I... I couldn't give you an answer like that because, and just so everybody knows, her new uh, the new audience again. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Brandon is a music teacher, all right, and this is coming from a music teacher. One of the best answers that I've ever heard about the feedback of this album. So, hundred percent spot on, and not uh, most people may listen to that and say, "Listen, that's a bold statement to say since Kill 'Em All." From what I hear, is this is the best album since the Black Album. Now, me, I don't like the Black Album. So, I mean, I love the songs on the Black Album, but I don't love what the Black Album stands for. You hit the nail on the head, though, with not one skippable song on this. And, I, I mean... You... Well, can I also say, too, not, I don't mean to interrupt, but before I forget, when Hardwired came out, I said this is their best produced album, I think, in terms of just, like, all the instruments being up front. Until I heard 72 Seasons. Like, the low end of this album, the bass on this album, is just, like, every every instrument just smacks you in the face. And the performances are top-notch. And Hatfield's vocals um, are probably his best recorded vocals ever, period. I spot-on agree, man. And I just continue to keep telling people that, like, to me, and, you know, the amount of shows that I go to... Um, <laughs> like they just keep getting better to me, Brandon. I'm not going to keep spending money on a band that is not good. Oh yeah, I mean, I uh, you know I got into Metallica when I was a when I was a kid, as most of us did. If you told me um, when I was in first grade hearing Inter Salmon for the first time, if you told me when you're 37 years old you're still going to be up you're going to be obsessed with this band. <laughs> I would not have believed you. And the thing is, is that not only 
am I a fan? Not only am I a favorite band, not only am I a bit obsessed to the point where, you know, I host a podcast about them and stuff, but they, I, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, I think my love for them grows more every day because I think they somehow, like, I, I was just earlier today watching them play Screaming Suicide and Sleepwalk My Life Away, two songs off the new album live on the first part of the tour. I'm like, they sound better live than they have in years. They are just firing on all cylinders right now. And if you're a fan of theirs, I think it's just such an exciting time to be part of like the, the community, the family, whatever you want to call it. It's just, they are just killing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that you brought up to me and uh, a long, long time ago, and I asked you, and I, and I was at the beginning, it was, listen, the beginning of this Decoholics, when it first started and we're coming up to, it'll be 11 days, will be the uh, third year birthday of the Deacon and Co. show. I used to bother Brandon all the time, like, hey, man, like, what should I do on this and that? And then, like, what do I expect when I go to this? And so talking about what we talked about earlier with Power Trip, with the festival, this is something that I feel that you cannot miss because this is two nights of two completely different set lists amongst Metallica fans. And the difference was, Brandon told me what I was going to expect at a festival. And when I called him after the first festival, I told him, dude, it was nothing like you said. But the second one, I was caught in the middle of the mosh pit. And it was everything that Brandon said it was going to be. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You know, seven more festivals later, you know, like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. So, you know, for me to say to come out for something like that is special to me in its own way with all those other guys. But you guys can ask Brandon, too, and he'll give you his info after where to reach him and how to listen to his show. If you haven't already, he will tell you that this is one that you don't miss. Yeah, I mean, what band 42 years in their career has the number two album in America, number one in like something like 25 countries or what have you and decides to go on a stadium tour not just that but they're going to play two sold out nights in a football stadium in the round um, <laughs> yeah no and, one <laughs> and, and then to add to that two completely different shows so different opening acts different set lists i mean the idea is insane and it's been a good amount of times since I've seen Metallica live with, you know, having kids and everything. It's just, uh, and then COVID, it's just, uh, I mean, COVID, everything shut down, obviously. And then since they've kind of come back around, it's just like, I just have not had to make it work. I really want to travel out to San Francisco and go to the fourth anniversary shows, but it was just like, COVID was still kind of a thing. We, we have the kids and uh things were you know getting worse it was a week before christmas it was just like i i I just logistically cannot make it work and then they did boston calling and i was like which is probably you know a few hours from where i live so like i could have driven there you know i had a cousin who went with his family and i was like i was like it's like right there but i'm like they're the only band i want to see i don't want to spend the money to deal with a shitty festival crowd exactly and and you know i still gotta drive three hours and in you know you might be thinking like all right it's three hours to see for your band and yeah i agree with you but i gotta take into consideration like if i do that you know it's a day where my wife's gonna wrangle both kids and you know it's 
you, you give up a lot to go to these shows, you know? Yeah. But when they announce this tour, I told my wife, I go, uh, I'm going. I'm going to get uh, a couple weekends worth of tickets, and it is what it is. And um, so if you're going to New Jersey, I'll be there in the nosebleeds. If you're going to Gillette in 2024, I'll be there on the fields. I forget what part of the fields, but I will be there somewhere. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of do certain things, man. And, honestly, I'm really glad that, you know um, – you know, that you're going to this, and like I said to everybody else just a few seconds ago, that this is something not to be missed. The other shows were great, and every time I see the band as we speak about, they're great. Um, it's just that at a certain point, at what time, like, like basically, I told everybody this, and, and you uh, invited me on your show to come on and speak about the 40th anniversary shows and the magic and everything that happened that night and how great it was, but everybody in that stadium got COVID. And, I know, dude. I mean, when I... I, I mean, I was on, you know, I'm Metallica nerd like yourself. I was on the message forums and on Twitter and stuff, and I saw everybody testing positive. And I, I, I mean, as much as I wish I went to those shows, I was like, dude, I don't, I'm glad I didn't test positive a week before Christmas because I got the kids, you know, I got to make Christmas count now, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, and so I'm like, I, yeah. I, I was, I was happy in that regard that, like, I didn't go because it ended up being a bit of like a super spreader event. So <laughs> it's you know what it's that absolutely and like you said you got a family now and you know thinking about things from the perspective there you know it, it, listen it, you know by the time in eight years comes the fiftieth and you'll be there and you're not gonna miss that one and that and you know what I mean like listen the caliber of shows that you go and see doesn't make you a fan and I've and I've noticed this the people I've had people I met a guy who asked me he says to me he says what show are you on so I looked at him I go this is my 66th show and he looks at me and he's like ah man he's like come back when you got 100 more under your belt yeah what does that mean to me like that when he said that to me I looked at him like yeah you know um Exactly. You know, what, what do you want me to say? You know, like, you've seen the band more than me. It doesn't mean that you're a bigger fan than I am because I looked at the guy, he looks at me, and since, um, you know, I, I keep things under wraps and keep it very, very quiet until it's done. So now is the announcement. Now you'll be one of the first people to know, too. Uh, I f just finished my Master of Puppets leg sleeve. So I now have two of my limbs dedicated to the body, of, of dedicated to this band, and now you're turning around telling me to get 100 more shows before I talk to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and I just sat and looked at him with nine heads, and I'm just like, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, doesn't it doesn't make you a bigger fan. It's better if you see them 200 times or once. That's it. Um, it. It's your personal connection to the music. That's what makes you a fan. Exactly, hundred uh, percent. You know, if if you um, are, you know, if, if you're listening to them and that and they're your favorite thing to listen to, and you are, uh, you know, you feel something when you listen to whether it's anger, excitement, all of the above, whatever, then you are you're a fan. Period. Yeah. If you get to see them live, that's just like icing on the cake. But no, but how many people, other than like in the early days of Metallica, you know, were like, oh, I've never heard of this band. Let's go see <laughs> see what they're like. Like if, you know, and, and then you see them live, like, oh, they're phenomenal. I'm going to buy all their albums. But that might happen once in a while, but they're so established now that it's like, if you go to a Metallica show, you're going because you've had this personal connection already. You know, you've experienced the one album. So the live, especially nowadays, it's just icing on the cake. Yeah.
Absolutely. And and even so, like, a, a difference of, you know, something that, you know, we'll, we'll bring up in just a little bit, um, you know, about, you know, meaning no disrespect to anybody who, you know, is big fans or anything of that. But when it comes to also being a fan, especially of different things, nobody should ever tell anybody how big or, or this or whatever it is. But when you turn around and think about it as, like, Certain people should be recognized in a sense of of being a fan or not, you know, especially in the sports world. Team gets eliminated from the playoffs or loses a really big game. Like, who's to say, okay, so I'm a big fan and it took me a long time to get over that. That, I think, is okay in my eyes to say, like, okay, yeah, that dude's a big fan. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, uh, my, football is my favorite sport. I'm a huge Patriots fan. Um, I, my dad's side of the family's from Buffalo. They're big Bills fans. So we meet each other twice a year, not including possible playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And we are going to shit talk each other all season long. But when Buffalo got knocked out of the playoffs the last two years, I was talking shit going into the game, but I didn't text him talking shit after the game. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, gave, that's I, cool. That's I cool. Respectful. I gave it, I, I gave it, I gave them at least a few days before I was like, so how about those bills? You know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to say something at some point. Yeah. But I'm going to give them a chance to, you know, lick their wounds. They don't show me the same respect though, but I can understand it because Patriots had 20 years of dominance and bills have <laughs> yeah. for a long time. So I let it slide. I let it slide. You know? <laughs> That that is, that is definitely uh, that is definitely very nice of you and very noble of you. <laughs> well, we're gonna get into some sports in just a second here, Brandon. But um, last thing I want to bring up, and I'm sure we'll have some more Met talk at the end with Rapids here. But last thing I want to bring up, and and maybe you um, will help me with this one because I have a different answer. You have a different answer. The world has a different answer. Lars goes on in a, a couple of weeks ago, goes on, does an interview, and uh, this is according to Loudwire, so they got me. I don't really exactly remember where the interview was from. It was from somewhere in Europe. Uh, Japan, actually. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I do remember. It was a Japan uh, interview, okay? And Lars turned around and said something along the lines of, um, we are sending a message. What is that message that they are sending? And and I I think I know what the message is, and I want to know like what what message is Lars saying that Metallica is sending to the rest of the world with this album? Yeah, I mean I think they're sending a couple messages, right? I mean, there's the message and theme of the album, and then there's the message they're sending as the band, right? Yeah, I think the the message and theme of the album. Right. If you take literally seventy-two seasons, as Sheffield has talked about interviews, about the first eighteen years of your life, and this is like a loose concept album, which Metallica has plenty of. They've never really done a true concept album where that tells like a story beginning, middle, and end. Right. But if you look at an album like Master Puppets, it's a loose concept album where a lot of the songs are kind of about manipulation. If you look at Justice for All, a lot of the songs are kind of about you know power and the justice system and this and that. You take a look at, um, you know, Death Magnetic as a con- loose concept of, like, death. You, know, <laughs> yes. you look at 72 Seasons as a loose concept of, you know, dealing with your childhood as an adult. With the idea that the first 18 years um, dictate who you are in terms of, like, 
how you act, how you react, how you respond, things you look to change or cannot change, and yada, yada, yada. Like, that really forms, those first 18 years really form the gist of who you are as a person, for better or for worse. Um, and there's this loose concept of that throughout the record, right? I feel like the whole time it's kind of Hatfield as a near 60-year-old man channeling his childhood and his anger and his everything and connecting to what he's gone through as adult with rehab and divorce and and there's a, a general message of like the songs are about dark concepts but it's very light and hopeful yeah that's and a very good it, way to put it and it really addresses I think more than a lot of other albums in the genre this idea of mental health like if you are looking at a song like screaming suicide right you 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 read the song title you you associate metallica obviously with metal and this dark genre and you think it's about uh it was about someone killing themselves the song's about you know talking openly about the idea of suicide and uh it not ignoring that it exists when so many people think about it or and act on it and it, it's a song encouraging, like, positive mental health to get this idea of suicide out there. And hopefully that the more people talk about it, they're not going to act on it. Right? And then that's just one example of many. You know, you look at um, a song like, uh, you know, Chasing Light on the album that's exploring the ideas of uh, childhood and broken homes and but the lyrics are, you know, chase that light, lean on me. You know, he keeps on doing the refrain, lean on me, lean on me, lean on me. Like, he's going to support you. Then there's songs like um, Gone Too Far. Uh, have I gone too far? Can I be saved? Yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, the ending chorus, I've never gone too far. I can make it through the day type thing. You know, there's this whole, yeah. there's this hopeful message throughout despite all this, like, dark lyrical content, right? Yeah. So you can interpret it that way, musically, lyrically, conceptually. And then there's just a simple message that we're 42 years into this, and we are not going anywhere. Like, we are relentless, we are focused, we are playing better than ever, and uh, we're writing great songs, were relevant and it, it it kind of is like a mission statement and, and and i think they sound really comfortable being themselves on this album perhaps more than they ever have like they sound they're like hey what kind of album should we make let's make a metallica album and they made that and guess what it sounds like a great metallica album yeah and, it, and at this point in their career they don't have to do anything else You've proven everything that you could have already proven yeah. as a band. Not much more. And I, I agree with that. And I like um, your thoughts on there. I agree with them as well. I think it's like, this is uh, here. No matter what else you're putting out, it's not better than us. And that's the message. We're not going anywhere. They, they, I still feel like they feel like they have something to prove. They do. They, they do feel That's that way. That's how they feel anyways, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. 100% agreed. 
Well, now we'll go back into that Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots uh, chat there. <laughs> so I, I got the ultimate question for the ultimate wrestling fan here as well. And shout out to all your wrestling yeah. fans out there. All right. But is professional sports becoming more like wrestling? And I don't mean that in a... Um, uh, you know, a disrespectful way to wrestling fans. Any form of entertainment, art, or anything like that is okay in my eyes, but it's, you start legalizing gambling, Brandon, and now it kind of is like a script. If you can tell me, honestly, as a friend of mine and a fan of my show, knowing that the Eagles had lost the Super Bowl and going back to this being a fan of not coming out of the house for three weeks after they lost, that I was not robbed in that game, then I don't know what I said to tell you for the rest of this show. I mean, the ironic part is is that I think uh, professional wrestling is aiming to become more like sports, while sports is trying to become more like professional wrestling. Um, you know, if you watch, a, not all wrestling, but a lot of wrestling these days, they try to kind of do, at times, anyways, a more serious sports presentation. I mean, of course, there's goofy shit. There's shitty acting and so far for storylines and stuff that's never going to go away but like generally speaking they try to make the like tv presentation more sports oriented i think nowadays and uh and, and the action in the ring i mean you have some of the best the, the, the wrestlers now are like legitimately phenomenal athletes um but then you look at you know professional sports and, uh, uh, I mean, in just in, if you just look at, like, basketball and soccer, right? Just the flopping alone. That's pro wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just, <laughs> I, I've, I've accidentally brushed against your jersey. Now I'm going to fly backwards halfway down the court and roll and do two somersaults. Like, that's just ridiculousness. And it gets called as a foul. Yeah, that, that's professional wrestling to the nth degree right just like overselling a move to ridiculous stuff but except they're doing it for real and getting called foul so they keep doing it yeah I understand. Um, when you get into uh you know is the fix in i don't know if the fix is in as much as just there's so many sports now that I just, it's football especially the nfl they have a big referee problem I don't know what's up with this officiating. I don't know if it's, you know, there's too many rules that are open to interpretation or the officiating just sucks. But something needs to change here because there's been too many times where it's like that's called as a foul, but that's not called as a foul in the next game. And it, it just seems too open to interpretation. Yeah. I... And... And when you get to playoffs, never mind the Super Bowl, it's like, let them play. Let them play. Exactly. I understand there's a need to protect the players, and I'm not against that. But at the end of the day, let them play. And don't call stupid fouls that are not going to protect the players one way or another and that are going to affect outcomes of the game. Yeah. Just protecting and, the pockets. That's the way and, I look at it. You know, I don't know. Listen, I I know the call you speak about, of course. I don't know if the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I the call know. you speak about. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll leave it at that. I don't know if the Eagles win that game. 
but let them have a chance to play it through and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, just you, know? you look at the rule book. You're allowed five yards. If you touch somebody on the back, it's not a foul. He didn't grab the jersey. He didn't conflict with any type of movement that could have went in the direction the pass was overthrown. I have one timeout on the board. They kick that field goal. They go up by three. I get the ball back with a minute 37 approximately with one timeout left and an offensive just scored a touchdown the last time he went down the field. I'm going to at least tie this game at very best and lose it in overtime. I'll take that chance. But I, like you just said, I didn't get the chance to do that. And if I may steal a line from Mystical, and I know this is not a hip-hop show. I'm not bitter. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> at this point now, it's like, all right, we got a couple weeks ago the NFL draft. A couple weeks ago we had the schedule release uh, last week. Uh, you know, But now everything that's going on you know, is now just leading to like, okay, we got to focus and put this behind us as a team. And losing and the, the movement of players, it, it's, it's getting to be a bit much with everybody with the money and this. And I just feel like you know, if you don't see Patrick Mahomes win another two or three Super Bowls in his career, that the NFL is not fixed. I mean, nothing against his talent either. Before you give your answer, because he's no, great, I, I, but you know. Mahomes is listen. He's an elite quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. There's no question about it. He is. Uh, uh, you know, if he retires tomorrow, he's going down in history as a great quarterback. Absolutely. I am so tired. Uh, part of the here's part of the problem, right? Part of the problem with sports now is it is the same thing with music when Metallica releases a new album. Like everybody has an opinion now and can publicly post their opinion. So everybody, like the narrative from like the general public, when they go on Facebook and Twitter and whatever else, is that you know if they're a Chiefs fan, if they're a Mahomes fan, he's the goat. He's done this. He's a can I swear on here? Absolutely. <laughs> Fuck you. Go away. And I'm with you. You know, because like, I'm Brady fan he, too. He Listen, he he's a great quarterback. He's an elite quarterback. He's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time. No. He's, he, and, and until he, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is how many championships you win. Until he has more championships than Tom Brady, he's not going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And even if you just look at stats and records, he's still beat. So, yeah, absolutely. Move along. along. I'm with you. I'm Brady fan too. And listen, I'm I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. I I can't be if I'm a Tom Brady fan. Just that the the Manning Brady rivalry there. But I was Peyton Manning. I recognize him as a league quarterback and. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. But Mahomes isn't better than Peyton Manning either. No, I think it's too early in his career, despite him have winning two Super Bowls, uh, you know, out of three. I, I think that it's too too early to determine. It's You know, things can go, not saying that they will or that I wish any harm upon any player. Patrick Mahomes, if you choke tomorrow, <coughs> sorry, I won't be that upset. But, 
you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough game now where we're seeing how you know everything is you know uh, fixed upon like you know I I mean I don't want to say this and be a dick about this right because I've always respected Brady right I'm, I mean it is you you turn around and you look at every week he was probable or questionable because how do you, you want to defend against a guy who might be playing a backup or whatnot Mahomes did that shit with his ankle to get people to think that he was hurt. There was no question in my mind that ankle did not look any problematics during the Super Bowl at all. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just shit like that that I feel just kind of ruins the game. And it's like, you know, for me, you, well, I just want to enjoy a good game that, like you said, should be called the right way by the officials. I mean, that that's part of the uh, wrestlingization of, uh, of the NFL. Where <laughs> yeah. the, the TV, TV. No matter the network, whether it's Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, ESPN being the worst of all of them, they need a narrative week to week. They need a storyline. Yeah. And they latch onto something and then they just run it into the ground. Oh, Patrick Mahomes stepped on his ankle weird. That's the narrative. That's the narrative. Um, you know, the Buffalo's hungry for a playoff win is Josh Allen the savior. That's the that's the narrative. Yeah. yeah. Um I, re I remember this was like a few years back now. Uh, it was a Monday night football game. JJ Watt came back from injury and oh my god, it was unbearable. He was barely he wasn't even a factor in the game and JJ Watt's back from injury. JJ yep. Watt's back from injury. <laughs> and every 5 seconds they're showing him. He's not even on the field. They're showing him on the sidelines. It's like Dude, enough! It's it's annoying to listen to. Yeah. But every game has to have this narrative. The Patriots narrative: Will Belichick win another one without Brady? Yeah. Well, they predict That's he's the yeah they know? they predict he's gonna have the worst season, um, you know, until Belichick gets away to he finds a way to win the division. You know. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's like you know, I mean, if I look at the team we had last year, which was. A mediocre team at best with horrible, disgusting coaching offensively. Just like, just the worst offensive play calling of all time. Putting, you know, Patricia anywhere near that offense it has to be arguably the worst move Belichick ever made as a GM coach. But yeah. despite all that, we still almost made the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, you so know, it's the, like, the haters. It's like, you know, it, he's not the problem. But they, they try to make it into, like, Belichick's the problem. All right, yeah, Robert Kraft, fire Bill Belichick. Who are we replacing him with? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. You know, that you, you'll be replacing somebody every other year because you don't like the way their outcome is. <laughs> yeah. Who, who are we replacing the greatest coach of all time with? Please, tell me. Yeah. You know, his, his time will come, of course. Everybody's time comes. And he'll pass it on to somebody else. But bite me. He's not <laughs> He's not going this year. He's probably not going next year. And when he does go, it's not going to be because Robert Kraft fires him. Unless, unless he takes a nosedive of all legendary nosedives, which I just don't see happening. Yeah, and, and now I'm unfortunately stuck dealing with Patricia. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, so uh, it is what it is. At least he's on defense for you, man. Hey, we won Super Bowls with him on defense. Yeah, Just yeah, no, I make jokes, but he's a good coach. Man. Keep him away from your quarterback, I, dude. I, I, we had watching the Patriots last season was like excruciating. 
I, I feel so bad for Mac Jones. He had a great rookie year. He got slaughtered in the playoffs against the Bills, right? And then he it's, it's like redemption story. And he's sticking with Patricia on offense. And it's just like the same play over and over and over again. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And there's no change. And then, you know, and, and then the fans turn. And it was just a rough second year. But they, uh, I'm interested to see what he's made of this year, see if he can bounce back from that. We got Bill O'Brien, which I think was a good move, bringing him back into the offensive fold. We'll see what happens. I, th- I think we're going to be better than some people think, expect us to be. We're not going to be a Super Bowl team by any means. We might not even make the playoffs. But we're going to be a better team, I think, than uh, a lot of people expect us to be, I think, this year. I think you're uh, I think you're right there, and uh, when it comes to Bill Belichick, and when it came to Tom Brady, I didn't care what uniform he wore. I never counted the man out, and <laughs> nobody else should ever do the same oh, thing no. for Belichick or Brady. Not at all. I mean, and the AFC East is stacked now more than ever. Um, so I mean, just in our division, we're going to have an uphill battle. But I never outruled the Jets to to adjust themselves and uh, get them out of uh, playoff contention. So oh, yeah. I don't care who their quarterback is. Absolutely. Um, in celebration of Brandon and uh, the Deacon and Co. show reunion here, we got two genius of the weeks here. Um, only because of the simple fact that I know this one pertains to like something that you know I started a long time ago and... Um, I got you something involved in this too, so this is why I bring this up. So, I had recently finally completed my vest. Oh, nice! So wow. yeah, I got you know I'll send you a picture after we're done and everything too, yeah, so yeah. you can see it. And um, every single Metallica patch you can imagine got some priest on there, uh, made in obviously ACDC and. Uh, the last one is Motorhead. Those are the only bands that are on there. So I went on there, and there's obviously only one patch I'm missing. So I'm going to look for it to see if it's released yet. They go on to the UK store, and they recommended a seller. So I'm not going to blow up their thing or whatever. But I bought the last patch, the 72 Seasons patch. The guy put through the transaction, and one day later, he canceled my transaction. Oh, shitty. A couple of days later, we found him arrested for making counterfeit patches and pocketbooks and selling them <laughs> online. Thank you for refunding me, bro. You made Genius of the Week for that's one. That's one shared story. And and here's the one. I mean, Brandon, I, I always like when people come on the show and I got, like, really, really funny things to say. So, right. uh, especially when it comes to stories. Nine out of ten stories that I tell, just like that one, pertain to actually happen to me. But... In New Mexico, and I'll be traveling there uh, in August from driving the Midwest once I leave Arlington, going to head to the next show in California, but take some time and hang out over there. So in New Mexico, somebody uh, decided they were going to go for a ride and decided they were going to go and rob a bank. They go inside, they successfully rob the bank, and all of a sudden the, the camera comes on, and this is not from Fox News, by the way. <laughs> camera comes on. And the, the clerk or teller turns around to the guy and says, hey, can you just push that button here? And the guy stupidly pushes the button, locks himself in the bank, and he cannot get out. Okay. He would have cleanly walked away with over $1.4 million in unmarked bills and clean money, and he locked himself in the bank. 
Awesome. Genius of the week there, I would say. <laughs> Bringing us down now, Brandon, into Rapids. You know this part of the show. Quick uh, one, two-minute uh, topic here on uh, the question at hand. First one here, you just brought it up, but I just have to make all the Jet fans laugh. Do the Jet fans, or rather, do the Jets pose a threat in the AFC East? They pose a bigger threat, you know. It's a cash grab. They're going to get more primetime games. They're going to sell more jerseys. At the end of the day, I think the Jets are just a shitty run organization. <laughs> and they are going to find a way to implode. I mean, the, the highlight of the Patriots season last year was demolishing the Jets twice in the season. That was our highlight. And I... I don't care how shitty our season is. I find so much satisfaction in that. I hate the Jets. They're going to implode. I don't think with their shitty run organization that Aaron Rodgers' ego is going to do them any favors. I don't think this is going to be the success story that people are hoping it's going to be. And I don't I, – I, do I think they make the playoffs? Maybe wild card. But okay. I don't see All right. far past that. Yeah, I, I I I like the positivity for the Jet fans, but I'm with you. They're a shitty organization, and I think that they are fucking still shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if if you put Rodgers right, and, and let's be honest, Rodgers has only so many years left, a year or two maybe, you know. Yep. Before he, you know, takes the cliff. But uh, let's say this is like his final run. If you put him with a coach that can coach him and back him up with good receivers and check his ego at the door, and I think he's got an ego. I think he. I think he's got an attitude problem. I don't think people like playing for him or with him. Hundred percent. That's two cents. Yep. But if you can find somebody who can check him and make him and, and make him buy and make the players buy into him and make him buy into the team and yada yada yada, yeah, you're gonna make a serious run. The Jets aren't that organization. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. I mean, listen, there's not many people that come on here and shit on the Jets like I do every week, so it really makes me smile when people do that. So I'm right there with you. (laughs) Rapid number two here, Brandon. What hidden gem will be played on tour for us? We already started off with Orion and Call of the Cthulhu, two instrumentals on the first show. Um, what, what do you expect that like hidden gem that you want to hear or that you think is going to be played? So what I note, I, so what I'm interested in, right, about this tour is uh, obviously we know two different set lists in the same city, right? Two different shows in the same city. What I'm interested to see is how different are the set lists going to be from city to city. Yes, um, me, I, I am as well, yes. And how, you know, like, let's say the next dates, the dates are the same. Are they going to be the same by the time they get to the States? I would be surprised if they are, but maybe they're going to be. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to open every show with the Ryan and the Call of Cthulhu. That's my two cents. Um, obviously, there's going to be some songs that say the same, like, if you go to both nights, you're going to hear Master Puppets. You're going to hear Nothing Else Matters. You're going to hear Entertainment, right? You're not going to hear them all in one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go to both nights, you're going to hear those songs, right? But then you have those rotating spots. What I did notice about uh, the first weekend in Amsterdam is that it sort of was similar to the fourth anniversary shows where they kind of seemed to pay attention to their entire catalog more. Yep. Uh, where 
they played at least one song from a more variety of albums. So, you know, they for the last few years, my biggest beef with their set list, and trust me, I love classic Metallica. I love the first five albums. I love the new stuff. But like you saw Hardwired, you're basically getting uh, Hardwired songs, Black Album hits, and the rest were kind of rounded up like the first four albums. I like all that stuff. Of course I do. I'm a Metallica fan, and those albums are phenomenal. They're classics. They're legendary. They're some of the greatest albums of all time. But I miss them going back and like to the Load Reload era. There's some like fantastic songs from that era. They have huge radio hits from that era. They just have been ignoring for years. Um, and now we're sort of seeing them have, with the exception of like a few, they've always played and memory they've always played. But with the exception of those couple songs, like they've they've ignored until the sleeves. They've been they've yeah. ignored paying nothing. But in Amsterdam, over those two nights, they played both those songs, right? Yeah. So I think you're going to see more. Uh, I predict you're going to see more songs from that era kind of come into the set list. And I think a hidden gem that people are, that was a big part of their set list in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was, it's, I think, one of my, it, it's one of my favorite Metallica songs. I know a lot of Metallica fans are clearing for it to return to the set list regularly. It was a hit at radio. I'm predicting a return of Bleeding Me. Wow, I think you're. I think we'll hear it, and um, also too, I'm curious to see how it goes with you know, um, you know, turning around and seeing where exactly the you know um, set list is going to fall with each city and whatnot. Um, for me, I want to hear all that stuff. I want to hear everything, but there's two songs that I haven't heard live that I need to hear live, and I'm going to hear one of them. I think on this tour, the other one is like. Uh, 50 to no i'd say it's like a 20 to 70 me 25 to 75 that i will not hear it but i think i'm going to hear damage incorporated for the first time i need to hear it it's their best closer in my opinion and i have never heard injustice for all live the actual song yeah 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 justice i don't think i'm going to hear but i think i will get damage as somewhere in a set on this tour I'm ready to hear, if we're talking old school stuff, deep cuts, give me Disposable and give me Dire Eve because I don't, I, I don't think I've heard either of those live in person. I might have, I might have heard Disposable. I got to check back the set list, but Dire Eve, I definitely, never, I definitely never heard yet. Yeah, uh, amazing, both of them. Um, I heard them both only one time each, and uh, I know Disposable twice, but unbelievable and. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, spine-chilling stuff. Uh, the fan that you are, you definitely need to hear Dyer's Eve live, and I hope it happens, too. Rapid number three here. Where does season 72 rank, or 72 seasons, rank um, of out of the Metallica albums, out of the 11 studio albums? All right, this is the hard question of the night. Um, <laughs> so... I mean, my rankings of Metallica albums probably changes day to day for the most part. You know, I was recently talking to a, a friend on Twitter um, in DMs, and we were talking about 72 seasons and where it ranks for us, and we ended up both posting our rankings. And my rankings today are probably going to be different than whatever I sent him. Um, but I will say um, 72 seasons is in my definitely my top 50 percent in the metallic catalog i think it's in the top half of their albums i think it's the best album of the robert trujillo era i enjoy it more than hardwire self-destruct i enjoy it more than death magnetic 
Um, and maybe this is the honeymoon phase talking. I don't know. We're only a few weeks old, but, uh, you know, for me, it, I have, I, I'm having a strong reaction to, uh, these songs as a whole that I remember having for those previous two albums, which I like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I would say if I had, I mean, are, are we actually making a, a quick list here, or no? Um, just like I, I for I'll, I'll give you a for instance. I think that this is. Um, I think that you are right of uh, where it belongs, and I would say that I would rank this. Me, you know, my personal, I would put this in there like fifth or sixth best album. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable spot for you know. I would put, uh, you know, in, in no specific order: Master Puppets, uh, the Black and Was Down that got me into Metallica. Ride the Lightning. Um, I don't know. Ask me on a different day. I'll give you Justice or Load. I have a soft spot for Load. Um, but then, uh, but then, probably seventy two seasons after those two. Yeah, I, I Maybe think we're looking at five or six. Yeah, I mean, I that's you know that's where I see the out al- like the album itself, and I think we're gonna get a lot of good things. But the one thing that I fear. And uh, we're, I'll leave it with this, uh, you know, as far as the album. And I definitely have had a uh, blast chatting with you. Always a fun time when we get together and we get to chat. But what I worry about is if we're going to be in a situation where... Now, I'm not... Fans know, and I don't mean to be a dick when I come off and I say things like this, but I'll be at every one of these shows in North America. So my thing is... That is this going to be another situation like Hardwired where we're everyone's yelling spit out the bone and we only get to hear it one show. That's uh, you know um, what I mean. Like, are we going to get to hear this whole album or are we only going to hear the six songs that they've played thus far continuously? Yeah, no, I, you're going to. I think we're going to hear the whole album, but I saw like a Namorata, right? Like, yeah, that, unbelievable, beautiful, beautiful piece of music. Um, it's the eleven minute song. You're not going to put that in the rotation too often. No. I think that's going to be like a spit out the bone where they pull out uh, and do a couple times on the tour. Um, I do think the other songs on the album, though, will be kind of rotated in and out and fairly regularly. Um, I, I expect to see, uh, you know, we've had what? So far we've had Luxie Turner, Screaming Suicide, Sleepwalk My Life Away. They debuted You Must Burn. Um, what am I missing? Darkness. Uh, 72 seasons. Yeah. And Darkness had a son, right? Yeah. I, I, I fully expect the rest of the album to be played at some point. I, I think, you know, I think, like, Lux Eternal will become a regular part of the set. Um, maybe 72 and Darkness as well. But I think the other songs are going to be rotated in now. You're going to see, some nights you're going to see Sleepwalk, but other nights you're going to see, uh, you know, Shadows Follow. And then you're going to see You Must Burn. And then you're going to see, you know, Crown of Barbed Wire or Chasing Light or any of the other songs in the album. Um, I think we see a Namorado once or twice. I don't think. I just don't think they're gonna put out an eleven-minute song in their regular rotation. Um, but uh, I do think we see it at some point. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I just, I, I hope we, I hope I get to see it all. I hope we all get to see it all. I just, you know, you know, I don't want to end up in a situation like Fixer, where everybody's getting wet just to hear Fixer. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, hearing yeah. it live for the first time was unbelievable. But like, you got to see these people that were jumping over the railing, like, oh my god, I called it. You know, like, good for you, man. Like, how the fuck, you know what I mean? The song that they've never played before live, they played it once at the 40th anniversary show. I think you're. Think- is they're gonna play it again? I think they are. I think, um, you know, I think we will, uh, I think by the end of August, we will have heard all these songs live. 
um, at least once. I think uh, I think they're going to pull out some deep cuts here or there. I think like a fixer maybe we hear again on this, right? If you're if they're going to do it on a tour, this is the tour to do it on. Again, that, that's going to be a once or twice thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you have... Uh, I, I, I honestly think this summer of shows is going to be more exciting setlist-wise than the next summer of shows uh, because the material is newer. Um, the setlists are going to be more unpredictable. And I, I kind of expect them, when they come back in 2024, the setlist to be a little bit more figured out in a way, you know? Yeah. For, so yeah. I, I think this summer is going to be the more exciting set of shows than 2024. That's my two cents, but though that 2024 is going to be bad by any means, but I think, I think at that point, Metallica diehards like you and I, we're going to kind of know what to expect by then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I always do that with everybody who was at the show. So hopefully uh, we'll get to have a, a tailgate uh, beer brew <laughs> and, uh, uh, definitely a burger, um, and we'll definitely, definitely have everybody write down what they think is going to happen. Uh, we'll leave everybody with the corner of positivity that is uh, applies for both the New York Jets, their fans, and for Metallica. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, said that, and this is a shot that Metallica took, or was it? You just heard us talk about it for an hour. Um, your thoughts, Deacon and Co. Show at Gmail dot com. If you want to reach out to Brandon and listen to his show, because he's got a lot of exciting things coming up uh, with Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. Um, Brandon, where can my audience find you? You can find Metallicast anywhere you find Deacon and Co. or any other podcast. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere and everywhere. Um, you can give if you if you want to reach out and tell me how much you hate 72 seasons or whatever <laughs> do so at metallica pod on facebook twitter instagram i listen I'm, I'm lousy using facebook i hate the app i literally go on and post about a new episode and then try to stay away from it um instagram i'm just bad at using i should probably get better at it uh, twitter is where i do a lot of interaction though so if you're on twitter at metallica spot there i i I, I talk a lot on there or try to interact a lot on there, especially recently. Now that I'm back in the podcast groove again. I've been starting a lot of uh, Metallica fights on there. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Brandon, always a pleasure chatting with you, man. I'm glad that, um, you know, you went through a rough time. I think that a lot of the world kind of shut down and did their own thing during COVID, but I'm glad that you're back out there. Glad you got a house and I'm glad that your family and you are both safe. Um, so again, thank you for taking the time to chat with me tonight and I'm going to name this episode, the reunion. So (laughs) this is the episode, the reunion. (laughs) Likewise, man. I'm I'm glad you're doing well, man. And thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, you've, uh, uh, I like to think we've been supporters of each other's shows and stuff. So I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, when my, uh, daughter was born i had guests uh let's you mentioned before you know you came on and talked about the fourth anniversary shows and stuff and uh i appreciate it so uh let's finally meet in person on the m72 tour and 
I, I will let you buy me a fifteen dollar beer. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll have some before we go in too. I got I got I'm a bunch sure, of people, sure, and it's yeah. it's gonna be a fun time. So you you yeah. know if you're a follower of Brandon, um, and already uh you know how uh his show runs. You know how the Deacon and Co. show runs. you got to follow me on the majors of social Instagram and Twitter. But let us know if you are going to the concert so we can get together and uh, meet or whatnot and whatever else goes on at these uh, tailgates and stuff. I've actually, believe it or not, I've never been to a Metallica tailgate. So now that I'm going to host one, I, I don't know what to expect or what else to do. Like, just beers, brews, get fucked up, go in and see the show and have a good time. I guess that's what happens with everyone, right? I mean, I'll be there with a couple buddies. And uh, I will try not to be a complete belligerent mess. No guarantees. No guarantees. I'm going to give the PG version. But yeah, I'll be there right right behind you. (laughs) But for now, Brandon Metallicast and Deacon are out. Good night to all Deacaholics.